Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm gonna get millions. Watch this. In the project living, Damn. spoke it till existence. Voila. More change than 50, got more cars than Diddy. Oh I only weigh 180, but my watch cost 250. What's up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society, and welcome to motherfucking reality. Uh, today, guys, we're gonna have a full length show. Got a couple guests. I'll intro those guys in a minute. Um, before we get started, I wanted to remind you that we do have a fee for the show, even though you're listening for free. Um, the fee for the show is very simple. If you listen to the show, which I'm confident you are because you're hearing my voice, uh, and you get value, which I know you will because we're fucking awesome, I ask that you share the show, all right? Uh, when you're around your friends, when you're, you know, uh, out talking about what you've been putting in your ears, what you've been putting in the old gourd to make it grow. Uh, mention mention your your friends over here at uh, Real AF because we're trying to do the best that we can for you guys. So if the podcast made you think, if it, if you learned something, if it made you laugh, it made you see a new perspective, which I'm positive this particular show is going to do, um, just share it. And that's all we ask for the fee. We don't run ads. I don't fill your first 10 minutes trying to monetize the show. Even though every time I say that, I feel very stupid because I could make a couple million, five, probably plus million dollars a year on advertising for the show. Um, but I still don't do it. I guess that makes me stupid. So <laughs> I guess I'd ask that you guys just share the show for us. Uh, now, we got uh, a partial crew here uh, today. I got uh, Mr. Sal. Sal's here. What's going so, on, guys? And then... Um, We've got a couple friends that that happened to swing through First Form HQ today, and uh, I'm looking forward to having them on the show. I've got uh, my good friend David Meltzer, and then uh, my new friend Carlos Reyes. What's up, yes, brother? Sir. How's it going, brother? Up, boys, good. good. And uh, how was the trip in, man? You know, it's easy now. I like flying better. I, this is my first trip. I was so excited to come here in person. I'm so tired of Zoom. Yeah, yeah. And the airports are quiet. The planes are, you know, separated. Yeah. It's really nice. I I fly 200 days a year normally. This is great. Yeah. 200 days a year? Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Makes me feel like me a married. rook, man. That's yeah. what keeps me married. <laughs> I got four kids, remember? Fuck, yeah. <laughs> so for my people that don't know who you guys are, uh, I'll start with you, David. Just give them, you know, a little 30 second rundown of what you do and, and what you're all about. Sure. My journey is a little eclectic. Graduated law school, got into the internet, despite my mom told me it was going to be a fad. Became a millionaire two, uh, nine months out of law school. Went up to the Silicon Valley, raised hundreds of millions of dollars, became CEO of the world's first smartphone with Samsung. So I ran their phone division. Met Lee Steinberg. Uh, most people know from the movie Jerry Maguire. So I ran that sports agency. Uh, with Lee Steinberg and Warren Moon was my business partner there, the Hall of Fame quarterback. 11 years ago, we spun off a marketing and media company for sports around the biggest events in sports and charities. In the last three years, I've built my own brand, speaking books, podcasts. I love uh, the message. New TV out, show. Yeah. And yeah. my mission in life is to empower over a billion people to be happy. Yeah. So I know you and I share that mission to empower others, to empower others. And seeing this facility, it's quite obvious you're putting the reality to your dream. We're, we're trying. We're, we're getting started. You know, we talk about day one here. Did you catch that he's also the model in Dos Equis beer campaign? <laughs> this is the most interesting man in the world. Yeah, I was sitting yeah, there yeah, thinking yeah. like, I, I sold copiers. I just yeah. fucking met, you know, this guy's like, yeah. And then I, I uh, split the atom. I actually invented <laughs> flying. 
And uh, you might know it as the electric car. Hey. <laughs> we, we, bring Thank in, you, we bring in the high quality guests. <laughs> fuck, I, yeah. I mean, we don't fuck around over here. Jesus. My pal right. Sal. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hype man. What's up, Carlos? <laughs> Sir, uh, my, you know, my story is actually not that sophisticated. Um, you know, I was uh, brought here twice illegally. Single mom. She never made more than $8.25 an hour. Um, it took me a very long time. It was a very expensive and extensive process to become a citizen of the greatest fucking country on earth, right? Yeah. And uh, I made all my money from real estate, flipping houses. I started with bandit signs and, you know, out in, you know, out in the, on the street. That's awesome. I earned it the hard way. Um, and God willing, we get into that, how, you know, yeah. a lot of folks nowadays, they forgot what hard work is, right? Oh, yeah. So that's, that's where I come from. I was born into extreme dirt poverty, you know, dirt roads and dirt floors, you know, where I come from, well, you know, taking showers out of a bucket and taking a crap in the back uh in the, in a back house that my grandfather built, you know, yeah. hanging, having a washing board and hanging our clothes on wires. You know, that's, that's where I come from. And so when I got to America, I was blown away. I'm like, this was like the, the, the land of milk and honey for me. So, um, here we are, you know, yeah. and I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that work ethic thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know anything about you, but I would imagine your grandpa's proud. I mean, you got to think, God bless him. Yeah, you got to yeah. think in that, in that sense, right? Where he's coming from and where you're sitting. I know nothing about you. Yes, Don't sir. take that as an offense. I think it's an honor. You have us in our little room here and it's like, that's badass, Dude, dude. Uh, did, I heard something. I, I, did you guys come? Did your mom come to the U S through a, a drain pipe? Yeah. So from where? The, uh, through San Isidro, yeah. uh, next to Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, from Sonora. We're from Sonora. I was born in Hermosillo, Sonora. I was raised in Guayma, Sonora, which is about an hour and a half south next to a, a resort area called San Carlos Bay. Right. Yeah. So uh, my grandmother, I mean, sorry, my, 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 my mother, she left me and my brother with our grandma and our grandpa for about a year and a half, two years while, you know, she made her way to, to California first, Escondido, San Diego County. And uh, she worked the fields, got amnesty, then uh, she tried to bring uh, me and my brother through a drain system. The first time we got caught, kicked out. We waited two days. And the second time we were successful, made it to California. And then uh, we only lasted about a year and a half there because it was way too expensive for a single mom. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, we were crushed, defeated, um, went back down to, to Mexico. And at this point, you know, I'm about nine, 10 years old. And I start, um, I was already working as a five-year-old in Mexico, but now when we got sent back, my mom and I had a plan and the plan was to get her over to the States again. Yeah. So she started working in the resort areas, cleaning the rooms there, you mm -hmm. know, and I started bagging groceries, you know, uh, at a retail store called La Ley. I had my little, you know, my little cap and my, you know, my little, my little gown and mm -hmm. I would bag groceries, take them out to the cars and then ask for a tip. So at nine, 10 years old, we saved money for about two years. And then uh, we sent her back on the bus, Greyhound to Phoenix, Arizona. And that's where we are now. That's awesome, dude. Yes, sir. That is awesome. The, the, the land of oppression and the land of, uh, of all bad shit. The land of oppression. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. That's what we see, right? Like yeah, we hear yeah, this in the yeah, media yeah. everywhere we go. And here we got a real life story of someone who's come to this country and taken advantage of the opportunities that we, who are born here, seem to forget about that we have. I'm living the American dream. Yeah, man. bro. I love it. It's Thank fucking you. awesome. Thank Perspective you, is a motherfucker. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I was being highly sarcastic about the land of oppression. <laughs> you'll learn, oh, you'll learn like, around yeah, us. You got to like really consider okay, like, is, I got is you. he being I got honest you. or is he I fucking with you. me? <laughs> I'm just so fucking tired of hearing it, man. Me like, too. you know, it's just, it's, it's the entitlement of this, uh, of the country 
and the social the social entitlement entitlement of this country. You know, you, we used to talk about it like people just wanted to win, or, or they wanted the life for free with no work. Right? We wanted to, they wanted to take some of so and so success and get some free shit. But now we've got the entitlement gone to a whole new level. The entitlements now, if I'm afraid of a virus, then all of you need to shut down your life because I'm fucking terrified of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gone to new levels and it's infected our society to a place where what the fuck is going on? You know what's so interesting is that there used to be a definite optimism. So yeah. when I say that, you could be living in Jim Crow South, yeah, right? Or you could be living in Compton during the race wars. And, yeah. and yet everybody with no money, I grew up with no money, single mom, six kids. She packed my dinner in a paper bag. We had food stamps. But there was a definite optimism that if you worked hard enough, right? And you didn't whine, you lived in a try me world, not a why me world. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, why me? That's like it's so frustrating that now we don't even have the definite optimism and people are sitting there blame shame and justification yeah. and allowing everyone to control their own opt it's becoming a it's become a, a in my from what i see you know and i was thinking about this today as i was doing cardio i was thinking about how you know when i i'm you know when i got started in business it's been 22 years now it was you wanted to win and then you celebrated the wins. And it seems to me that that has gone almost completely away, which is something I'm never going to give up on because I like my life. But, and it's been replaced with this attitude of whoever the biggest victim is gets celebrated the most. And so we have people could come, you know, competing over, and we look at this, let's look at Instagram or let's look at Twitter. or Let's look at people's content. Like so much of it, and they've taken this idea of being vulnerable and telling the truth, and they realize that like whenever I told, the sadder the story I tell, the more attention I get, right? And so now we have, you know, it's just like the girls who only show their ass ever, you know? Now we have people who all they do, every message is fucking complain about how shitty things are. And you know what? If you're going to complain every single day about how shitty things are, guess what? Things will be pretty shitty. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You know, Andy, I, I always, because I, I try to not stick my head on Facebook. Yeah, right? yeah. I've, I'm, of, I've been off Facebook since 2017. Because of, it's the because of the BS, the BS you, you see on there. And you see all these people complaining. I, and I grew up with a lot of those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I grew up with a lot of those people. I got here in the eighth grade and, uh, you know, I got to have some friendships from, you know, yeah. from the hood and all that For stuff. Sure. And, they victimize, a lot of them victimize themselves, unfortunately. And, you know, I just don't understand if they were to ever ask an immigrant, right? Hey man, do we really have it this bad here in this country? That immigrant would actually look at that person and be like, what the, what the, yeah, fuck, yeah. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You right. have it this bad, you know? You know, where I come from, like, you know, bread, like food isn't even guaranteed mm -hmm. that, that same day, right? My grandmother, I mean, she, my, Forget that. My mom at that resort used to work for about $31 a week. You know what I mean? Like $31 a week. There's nobody in this country that's making $31 a day. Yeah. Right. So, and a lot of those folks that complain about this country, you, you know, you just tend to wonder, you know, I fought really hard to get here. The second time I came through Nogales, I came through a fence. I was 10 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. My mother literally just said, Hey, listen to this guy. He's going to take you to the McDonald's on the other side. 
I didn't even know this guy. When he told me to jump, I jumped. When he told me to duck, I ducked. When he told me to run, I ran, right? And then he got me through a hole in the fence. My mom contraband me up to Phoenix, right? And I don't understand. Like, it took me, it, it, like, so much hard work to get here, me and my mother, to, mm -hmm. get, to get me here and then my brother. I don't understand what these folks are complaining about. If they don't like this country, Bro, why they are don't, they still why the are they still The problem is here? they don't understand what they're complaining about either. That's I don't the, get that's it. The point. Nobody gets it. <laughs> it doesn't make fucking sense. The best saying online right now is make it make sense because none of the shit that these motherfuckers are doing or saying makes any sense. Dude, that man right there, he's from Bosnia. He's sitting right next to you. You talk to him, ask him about if it's the land. I of, already know. Uh, yeah, right. I, Dude, I already know what goes we've on got in Bosnia. So, we've got a huge Bosnian workforce here in St. Louis. They're amazing people. Hard workers. Yes. And don't complain. Ask any of them yeah. about what's going on here. And they tell you the same shit. They're like, bro, I'm not. This, this is crazy. Like yeah. people are so spoiled. And they have, we have no plumbing. perspective. We have plumbing here. Yes. <laughs> you know, I didn't have plumbing for almost my entire childhood. Yeah. We have plumbing here. You know, when I first came to this country, I saw green grass and I started rolling around in it because we have dirt over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why people feel oppressed. You know, it just doesn't I, dude, make sense. It's to an me. embarrassment of riches, is what it is. We've got so much good shit here that people, instead of appreciating what good we have, they want to find the shit that that they think is messed up. And the problem is, there's not really that much shit that's messed up, so we make shit messed up. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of it in a social society, right? We live in an internet world now, where everything's on in social media, and what we love, or what we learned, is misery loves company. Oh yeah. And in in that in that victim mentality, what this is this is social media one on one, like hey. What gets the likes? Well, I'm in a swimsuit, right? In 2016, 17, you're in a swimsuit. Then 2017, 18, you got to get in a smaller swimsuit. Then you got to get in a G-string. Then you got to take your top off. Then you got, you know. Then you got OnlyFans. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Then you got OnlyFans. It's yeah. this progressiveness of understanding, like, how do I get likes? And I think when you look at Misery Loves Company, and we see this a lot in social media because they they congregate together and you get a ton of it, like that victim mentality. They all swarm to, to one another and it's the battle of victims. Yeah. Like, mine's worse than yours. Mine's worse than yours. Yeah. And then they create this environment. You're like, and you look into it, you're like, holy fuck, like, is the world really like that? I'd like to think that maybe it's not, you know, because every time you meet new people, you're like, fuck, these guys are like us, you yeah. know? But Andy, too, you know, the idea of where we manifest things. So take, for example, we were talking about, here's the biggest problem. This place here, which is my first time visiting, and it's mm -hmm. an extraordinary facility, which you envisioned 12 years ago from nothing when you came out here the first time. It's because you paid attention to what you want and put your intention into it. Right. You worked, you thought, you said, you believed, you struggled, you sweat, you didn't complain, you made it happen. And that's the mathematical equation of luck. You know, people say, yeah. oh, Andy Fursell, he's so lucky. Really? Because he manifested that through attention and intention. What's happened is people are paying attention to the wrong things. They're voting for the, they're voting for what other people want for you, what you don't need to impress people you don't like. They're voting for what they don't want, like you yeah. just said. And guess what they're manifesting? What other people want for you, the G-strings and the topless, or what you don't want. And they're so surprised when they get it. Yeah. Where if they came out here and saw, look, if you put your nose to the grindstone, pay attention, focus in on what you want and put the effort in, you got 185,000 square feet of facility giving jobs to people. Yeah. Everybody's healthy and happy, right? This is what America's about. We're paying attention and giving intention to the wrong things. Yeah. You yeah hear, it's, you, one, it's 188. You want to hear something funny? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, you, I shorted you, you three. You want to hear, hear, <laughs> hear the funniest shit ever, right? So uh, my family in Mexico, they thought I was dealing drugs. Bro, my neighbors think I deal drugs. So... Mine so, did too. So my mom. I still do. <laughs> my, my, my mom had to 
when they when they came uh, to Phoenix, this was like a few years ago. Yeah. When they came to Phoenix, my mom, I don't know what the hell they were doing there, right? My mom took them to my office. We bought a 10,000 square foot office in like downtown Phoenix, took them to our office just so they can show them my operations, my yeah. brick and mortar business, right? Yeah. Because they were going around telling the entire family, the entire family in Mexico, in LA, in Chicago, how like I became some kind of drug lord. Bro, I get it. The cartel. You know? Bro, so my bro, mom had to physically I get it. show them that I, I wasn't doing, that I wasn't dealing drugs because they're like, how the hell? Because we were the poorest, yeah. the poorest kids in our family, right? Like how the hell over there, uh, DIF, DIF is considered welfare, right? They're like, how the hell did that DIF kid get all this, right? So they just were just saying that we, I was dealing drugs. Oh yeah, dude, dude. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what everybody thought on the old street I lived on. Everybody. And then I think the people at the new street sort of think I do, but they're not sure because they see this building like in the same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah it's in the same. Vicinity. So they, they have figured out like maybe, I think maybe they think it's like half and half, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, you got to give the people at the other place credit. I mean, when you did have 90s hip hop blaring out the back door on Tuesday afternoon, mm. they probably picked up to it. The new, the new neighborhood that you don't have neighbors. Yeah. So they don't really hear it. So That's they can't one-on-one, -on -one, you know? Yeah, dude, I had one of one of my old neighbors who you know, and I'm not yeah. gonna say his name. I told DJ this story on the way, on the on the way to uh, uh we were doing cardio today. And uh dude comes up to one of the most obnoxious people you fucking know. You know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. So this dude, <laughs> this dude, so I see this dude at the restaurant. Now I've only went to a, the same restaurant. you know what restaurant I, I went to. I see this person at the same restaurant. Okay. Comes up. If he's listening, by the way, I mean, he knows who the fuck he is. Good point, Carl. I don't really know. Like, it's too I late. don't really care because yeah. you're going to fucking find out why. He's here telling his life. That's me. So, so I'm there, bro. It's my, it, 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 it's it, Emily and I's anniversary the other day. So we don't, you know, we don't celebrate shit. We don't really like, we're not like a touchy feely public couple thing. But, you know, we went to dinner, had a nice dinner. So we're having, we're getting ready to sit down for anniversary dinner. This dude comes over and he's like, hey, uh, you know, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, and he's like, I listened to your thing. And I said, my thing. And he's like, that thing you do, that, that thing. I, I listened to it. And I said, I don't know what thing you're talking about. And he's like, and I was going to make him fucking say it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. Because he's trying to big league me. Like, of course. Like, <laughs> you know how that dude is? Of course. Yeah. So this dude's like a little older and he, he's still thinking he's the big dog. But he ain't realized that he has, the old, dog he has old money could fucking eat his fucking whole lunch in one fucking minute. Okay. <laughs> and so this dude comes in and he's like, your thing, you know, your podcast, Oh, my podcast. You mean the podcast that was number one in the world for two fucking years that the whole entire world listens to good. You should listen to it. Everybody else does too. And he oh, went and sat the fuck shit. back down. Like, dude, Wait, like, you said that to him. Oh, fucking right to his face. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, dude, if you come at me and try to disrespect yeah. me, I'm going to disrespect you right back. I try to belittle you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, like, it's That's funny awesome. because the, the drug dealer comment is what got me thinking about that. Mm -hmm. You know, people have this way of discounting other people's hard work ethic and shaming their success now, yeah. which goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about with that mentality, right? Nobody's competing anymore about how to be the, the winner. Mm -hmm. Like, they're competing about who's the biggest fucking loser. Mm. Like, <laughs> like I, it's crazy to me, bro. And like, you know, David, like you said, that mentality, it begets more of that. And, and until you snap out of that, you know, you're going to have limits. 
Yeah. You know what's killing me right now, too, is like these whiners saying, we're in great times of uncertainty. And I was like, and I, you have more listeners than anyone. So yeah. listen to me right now. If anyone knows what the fuck is going to happen tomorrow, for sure, call me because I guarantee I can make all of us billions of dollars. I went to a lot of school yeah. to figure out if something's certain tomorrow, well, how to make man. money. I should have called you at the beginning of this year <laughs> when I said all this shit. Sun's exactly. coming up tomorrow. But no, literally, do, there's just gonna, change, man. That's we're going to do a whole is. episode and I'm you're going you're gonna to put together a whole episode, Madat and Joe, of just my little two minutes of the shit that was going to happen this year with like a little timestamp that says on December 17th at 2.53 a.m., Andy said this. And I'm gonna we're going to go through the whole fucking year. Got to do that. I, and I'm going to make every one of you listen, and then you guys can all send me gifts apologizing. You're going to sound like Nostradamus. That's it, dude. I've been calling this shit <laughs> right? from day one. DJ and I have been on it. Well, I think crazy. to Dave's point, though, I mean, you know, if you focus, if you focus on the negative, you're going to get negative. Yeah, and and we we learned this as a young age. My dad, he always told us, you got to focus on the positive. You got to focus on the positive. You got to focus on the positive. What can you learn? What can you learn from the negative? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And and those are, you know, I'm reading a uh, Augie Garrido is one of the the winningest coaches of all time. Cal State Fuller, burrito. Cal State Fullerton, and and the Hook'em Horns. Yep, uh, that's right. I did I did not say burrito. I said Garrido. Burrito. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, you know what? That motherfucker. And rip some ass. Oh yeah, but you, you know, <laughs> but he right in his like, book. Dude, I'm, Dave, 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 I'm not trying to interrupt you. I, no, you're let you finish. I am a fan of people who can chew ass properly. Like, and that dude, we got to post the link somewhere in this close to this. I, I it was in my meeting on Monday. Did you pay the video? Yeah, fuck oh, yeah. Fuck. No, because I told him, you know, we we do this challenge here, and we make an office challenge. We obviously we're in a fitness space, and so once a year, twice a year, we make everybody join the the eight week challenge, and we compete as a team. And last year we did this and our company, our company was not in a bad spot by any means, but we were not growing at the rate we should have. We were and in a I, flat spot. We were in a flat spot. And I had, you know, we asked the teammates, the team to do five things. Every day we execute five things. If we're a fitness company, hey, we got to work out. You know what? We got to track our macros if we're going to lose or gain weight. We must read 10 pages a day. You know, we believe in sharpening the brain as a unit. And then we have an offensive strategy with social media where we contact our customers and then we interact with them. And so I had, we got about 85 guys at the time, you know, and the, um, I, I went in and I asked everybody, now, mind you, in, in our brains, we're losing. We're not really losing, but we were losing because we're used to fucking dominating and that's winner's mindset. No, hundred percent growth is the standard here. Yeah. And it's no. like, so hey, like, fuck our, it. If we're not growing, no, for real. If, if you're not, not growing, you're dying. A hundred growth, a hundred percent growth every year. We, people are getting fucking fired here. Mm. And yeah. And this is the, the, probably the slowest part in our company's history in regards to growth factor yeah. that we've had. And, and we asked the team to do these five things. Okay, well, we have 80 people or whatever. And we walk into the office and I ask, hey, how many people executed for the first week? How many, how many, 100% killed all five things? Seven guys or 11, eight guys raised their Oh, you talking about this mean last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I went, I mean, and I kicked them all out in the warehouse and made them all go stand there where we have our, our all company meeting. And I sat there and I, my, and mind you, we were building this building. Our sales were, you know, not what they should have been. You know, I, I have three little fucking kids. <laughs> I probably haven't been laid in fucking God knows how long. And I'm sitting there and I'm fucking steaming and I can feel it in my neck. My heart starts pumping. My blood starts flowing. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to get that ass. And it just so happened I had just watched Augie Garrido's video. Oh, man. Because I knew like I might have to go get the ass, the inspiration. And I went out there and I went completely black zone. I don't know what the fuck I said. Bro, I that, don't know who I said it to. <laughs> that video is one of the greatest ass yeah. chewings of all time. Yeah. Augie Garrido is my inspiration for ass chewing yeah. and just yeah. leaving it all out there. But, um, you know, to the point where Augie Greedo talks about channeling your fear and understanding like how your mindset is what controls the success on and off the field, no matter what you do. And, you know, 
his whole thing is is eliminating fear towards success. Like you'd belong here. This it's is leveraging the fear. Of course. And yeah. understanding like you cannot control you can only you're only being controlled by the things that you let control your brain. Right. And those thoughts that happen in your head become reality, back to your point. And you manifest them based on whatever you tell yourself is true. You know, and if you are that person, if you're scared shitless, you're gonna play scared shitless. And he, you know, he has a lot of cool little mechanisms on eliminating the fear, you know, they, yeah. giving guys little uh Toilets on their keychain to flush it. You know, just stupid shit that mentally <laughs> checks you in to constantly eliminate the fear. See, that's a different perspective than I have on it. And I, like, dude, I'm not, no disrespect to him. He's a fucking legend. Look, I'm believing there's yeah. many ways to, to leverage what we get in life to our advantage. See, my perspective on fear is not to try to eliminate it at all. I actually try to leverage it into action. So, like, I don't, like, I think most people, <clears throat> And the more I've gotten into Arte and actually coaching other entrepreneurs the last three years, the more I've seen this as really true. Everybody's fucking fearful. Everybody's afraid. Everybody's scared that, you know, today's the day. The shit's going to come crumbling down. Like, dude, we, I still feel that way almost every day. And it's not even, it could, it's not even a logical fucking thought. Like it can't, it could not even really happen. Okay. Not in a day. Right. Yeah. But like I pretend that way. And then what that does is it leverages me to be urgent throughout that day. And because I'm urgent throughout that day, shit gets done, which keeps everything growing. And so I don't know, like, where do you guys stand on that? I think it's, I think everybody's a little different. I don't ever get to a place of like super calm. Yeah. No, you know? for me, it's a matter of being a ferocious Buddha. So fear yeah. itself is pain, right? And yeah, yeah. here's what most people pain stop sign. I see pain as a turn signal. It's an indicator, right? Going yeah. to a better direction, a different direction. Yeah. So fear is a motivator. That's what you use, use it for. But it won't inspire you. If you stay in fear, you're going to suck all the soul out of you, yeah, all I the energy that. out of you. So yeah. you can use it to get up, get back up, get started, get started, get back started. But what I utilize is to identify what I'm afraid of. Because mm -hmm. if we're learning from it, so I get this ferocious Buddha because after you identify primary fears, 40 in fear, all the basic four, but then there's secondary fears. Listen, you know, I guarantee all of us do it every day. Need to be right, need to be offended, need to be separate, inferior, superior, guilty, anxious, frustrated, resentful, angry. Those are just a waste of fucking energy. Mm -hmm. So if you can identify when you're in fear like you did with the Aguiarita thing, but then here's the most ferocious thing you can do in life is fucking stop when you're in fear. Mm -hmm. Instead of accelerating in the wrong direction, so to stop, breathe, get to center, and then use that fear as a motivation to get to those five things that you have on your list done. That, dude, that's all I do. Yeah, so I that's what you got to do. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm, it's automatic for me. I don't even like go through the evaluation process of why do I feel this way? I'm just like, <laughs> fuck it. Here's the list of shit I got to do. So I'm doing it. And that's and what I do. Center. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I tell myself, I'm like, if you don't do that list, you're going to be that shit you're scared of. That's going to fucking happen. So I move, you know, what about you? I can tell you this, um, I believe that a lot of folks in this, you know, in today's society, fear is what's obviously holding them back. Yeah. You know, nine out of 10 people aren't successful and they're not living their ideal lives because they allow, they cave in. Yeah. They cave in. Some of us have made fear our friend. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all feel the same emotions. We're all fearful, you know, at some point. I mean, shit, I, I believe that at 10, 11 years old, when I was hopping through that fence for the second time coming into this country, I'm sure I was pretty scared out of my fucking mind. Yeah. But, you know, I, I it needed to be done. Right. Right. So that's that's how we that's how you you just push through it. Those that actually push through that fear, they come out on the other side 
unlike anybody else in, in, in society. I think a lot of people also kind of um, put fear and uncomfortableness in a linear relationship when they're really not. Like uncomfortableness is usually the things that make you grow, like, but you're afraid to get uncomfortable. It's like cold fucking water. You know what I mean? Like nobody likes getting in cold fucking water. It looks like, oh, I love cold water. No, I, you don't. You get I, used to it. I do. No, you get, you get used to doing <laughs> it. I actually like cold it. Cold shower. Yeah, I do cold like showers, it. Cold showers, yeah. off. It, it's cold what shower. helps me sleep. Yeah, but you didn't always like it. No, I fucking no, hate it. It's like sure. being For uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. And then, so I realized, okay, to separate the differences in the two is like, all right, what, what scares me? And, and not to get it confused with what I'm uncomfortable doing. Because mm -hmm. through that uncomfortable pathway is where I've had most of my personal success, Absolutely. relationship success, personal success, development. It's like, okay, if we know that fear crushes all these dreams, okay, we have to separate what's fear and uncomfortableness like, and have the awkward conversation because usually in those conversations, you get the most growth. Dude, you know? what... I totally agree. And I agree with how all of you guys said it, you know, and that's, uh, I appreciate that there's different perspectives on it, but at the end of the day, you know, I think people get lost in the idea of even addressing their fear. Like they're, they're, they're afraid to like even look at it. Like, so they stick their head in the sand and then what happens is, you know, more things get surrounded and then they become overwhelmed because they haven't addressed any of it. And, you know, I think that's a big, I, I know that's a big separator between people who I've met who are some of the highest achievers in the world. And I've had, you know, uh, very, been a very fortunate to interview and, and talk to and be friends with people like that. Uh, really my whole circles like that. And every single one of them, dude, if you get them alone, like they might be online being you know, like, yeah, motherfuckers, I'm the hardest motherfucker there is. Uh, like we all know, you know, I'm one of those guys sometimes. All right. But you get those motherfuckers alone and they'll tell you, dude, I'm running scared. I'm fucking running scared. And so for you out there who are listening right now and you're just getting started at whatever it is that you're doing, I hope you understand that the people who say, oh, I'm, I don't have any fear. I'm this. I'm that. They're fucking lying to you for brand equity in themselves. It's a selfish thing. Okay. Every dude, I've gotten to interview fucking Peyton Manning. I've gotten to interview some of the, Steve Wozniak, okay? Some of the greatest, most successful humans on this planet at what they've done. And I could, that list could be fucking 100 people long. Every single one of them tells me the same thing in one form or another, which is they figured out how to leverage the fear and they go right at it every single time it creeps in. So you guys out there who are listening and you're just getting started on, maybe it's your fitness journey. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's sobriety. Maybe it's a business. Whatever it is you're trying to get become successful at and you're scared, understand that that's just something that you have to learn to, to address and deal with. And successful people deal with it very directly and they accept it as part of the recipe. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have enthusiasm. I'm going to have fear. I'm going to have uncertainty. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. That's just part of the process. And I think that once you can understand, and the reason I want to share this with you guys is because you know, social media puts a lens on things that makes it look, you know, like, dude, when I do a story, I'm not on the story being like, guys, I'm so fucking scared today. Like that shit ain't getting it out. Like, like I might be thinking that shit, but I'm not sure. I'm certainly not saying it. And, uh, you know, you guys who are out there understand when you look at people, the highest achievers in the world, they, they still feel those things that you feel. And, and what they've done is they've leveraged that into productive action. Uh, whatever they're, whatever that looks like for you. So it's not, you know, I get so many DMs. And I know you do as well. Yeah. 
Um, and I know you do as well. You built a great following for yourself. Um, and you do as well. I hate to admit that, but I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good engagement rate. Pretty good engagement rate. Just rub it. I mean, everybody, everybody here gets a lot of, everybody here gets a lot of DMS from people who are, they think they're like the alien for being nervous or scared. I'm so scared. I don't fuck dude. Welcome to the fucking club, bro. I have a really good, I think relatable piece here. Can I, and I can vividly remember, you know, I was mowing my grass. I mow my grass because it's a lot. Of, one, it's my only time by myself. You fucking understand this. <laughs> Two, like I, I love taking care of my grass. But three, it's I just enjoy the peacefulness of it. And I think a lot because I listen to podcasts or I just listen to music and then I process things. What podcast you listen to? I listen to myself talk. I, I figured you I did, listen. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are, listen, there's some good episodes. I, you should listen. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do listen. Yeah, I know so you know. do, Dave. And oh, any, I especially any, like your part. Yeah, that's right. Is there anybody in this room that thinks that's a lie? No, <laughs> including this me. Has, I bet you, Madai, I bet, I bet Joe, I bet he has you edit up just his parts to listen to. That's what I think. Yeah. Too. Can Joe, I have that edit, by the way? Hey, <laughs> hey, listen, somebody's got to be the point of this ship. But hey, send me that special version where everybody else was muted. <laughs> you mean the real the, Sal? You mean the AF. platinum? <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the real Sal. AF. That's, right, that's right. That's right. Well, you know. <laughs> but you know, I, I remember, and I, I could tell you where I was at in the grass. That's how weird my brain is. And, and, and I remember being so scared to take my shirt off because this is before the transformation contest. And I remember asking myself when I die, I'm going to ask God the question, how come I got the fat gene? And I really, I had this relevant, this revelation at that moment. I was like, dude, maybe, maybe I'm channeling this thing wrong. Instead of being so goddamn scared of it, like, let's just embrace it and run. And for my personal brand, for my personal awareness, for my personal success, I realized that that's where I had to go. I had to face that fear head on and say, all right, well, fuck it, man, we're going to go. Like, and I did that, you know, and myself and the brand and my ability to relate to people and be real to people was just checking down that fear of me becoming uncomfortable. And then being able to, I learned from that moment, that's my gift is to be able to speak to people because I know what it's like to be fat. And I well, can dude, speak how, to their soul. How are you going to do your job of, of training literally hundreds of people in this building how to help other people get in shape if you don't know how to fucking do it. Yeah. Like you, know, you were actually gifted the perfect vessel to learn that lesson. But this goes back to the mindset, right? Like right. I, and, and, and I was successful up to yeah. that point. You right. know, it's not like I was like living in a fucking hole. And one day it was like, right. but I was so afraid of what if on that other side. Yeah. And finally I was like, Hey man, well, what the fuck if it works, you know? And then I embraced it and went and man, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me, not only from a professional sense, but from a personal sense, because now I can look at somebody and say, hey, man, like I get it. Yeah. And, and not everybody can do that. Yeah. 80% of the fucking fitness industry is people who are always in great shape and they're out there telling people, hey, you, you could do it. But they don't have that perspective that you have or that I have or some other people have where they've had to battle through that. It's so interesting because I've had the same thing on the financial side. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I had no credibility as a multimillionaire in my 20s. Oh, it's easy for you. They just assume like I was you a hit drug a dealer. Right? Well, well, you're, right. you're Until Jewish. I lost everything. Right? I lost yeah. over a hundred million dollars. You're Jewish. All the, exactly. But I, I only from the eyebrows up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the waist down. All right. Anyway, oh, wow. so Prove I uh, it. got it. But seriously, like until I lost everything, I had no credibility with anyone until I made it back again because that way people knew. Yeah, hey, it's real. He, and people tell me all the time, Dave, I want to learn from you because you know what it's like to be bankrupt. Yeah. And the irony of me being bankrupt is my greatest fear as a child 
was that I was going to lose everything. Yeah. My great, and guess what? I manifested that. No matter how much money, every day I was motivated by fear. Oh my God, I got a golf course, a ski mountain, all these homes. Oh yeah. shit, I'm going to lose everything. Every day motivating me yeah. until I flipped that transition swip and said, you know what? This time around, I'm going to enjoy the consistent every day with that same fire, persistent, without quit, pursuit of my own potential. You I'm not going to worry about it. Bro, you said something there that I think is super important that I think we should transition over to talking about, which you, you talk about as good as anybody out there. And it's one of the reasons that your content really resonates with me because, dude, I'm a fucking savage. You know that. Yeah. Like, everybody listening knows that. Like, it's and it's not fucking fake for the show. Like, it's real. Um, and I spent so much time of my life being that guy who was so fucking on fire I was burning myself up. You know what I'm saying? I'm burning people up around me. Uh, you know, not, and I'm not saying that because I'm proud of it. I say yeah. it because my really only regret in my business life, my leadership life is that I let that fire actually get to a point where it's counterproductive for, for, for some people who, who could have really been really good had I known what the fuck I was doing. And uh, one of the things that you talk about that's really helped me, I just did a podcast episode on it. Um, uh, last week, I think, uh, where we talked about the happiness uh, formula, which was, you know, uh, discipline plus purpose plus gratitude. One of the things that I know that you really have an awesome perspective on is the gratitude aspect. Well, let's yeah. hear that, man. Because, well, like, dude, one of, you're one of my favorites when it comes <laughs> to hearing about this. For me, gratitude is a practice, first of all, and it started with my mom not letting me come downstairs unless I had a gracious attitude, a positive attitude. So I was taught to say thank you when I went to bed and when I wake up. And I challenge everyone out there to do it for 30 days. Let that be your first habit guaranteed to change your entire life because gratitude gives you perspective. Perspective allows you to do one thing, to find the light, the love, and the lessons in everything, everything. So shit goes bad. Your immediate reaction is fear. Oh, shit. But then I'm immediately like you. I don't have time to mess around. I'm looking for, okay, where's the light, the love, and the lessons in this? What am I supposed to learn, right? Everything's pushing me to something better. So the idea of gratitude is I'm so happy where I am, right? Placed at the perfect time, but I want more. So I'm going to angle, not a direct approach, because I know that I'm going to fuck things up. I'm going to angle to what I want, but I have faith. And, and gratitude is ingrained in my faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better. And when I walked into this facility, knowing you, because I'm also someone who follows you and inspired yeah, yeah. you, and we have this relatively different way of explaining things at a different frequency. But I walked in here and just said, of course. And Justin said, what do you mean? And he thought maybe I was going to take a dig at you. Like, of course. I was like, of course he manifested something like this. I, the first time I went to the Playboy Mansion, old school Playboy Mansion, yeah. I looked over at Warren Moon. We went in there for a event. I'm like, man, it's amazing what you can manifest. That's exactly what went through my mind. Dude, that's how I see everything. All through gratitude. Yeah. You can't see it. And here's the irony. I'm going to let Carlos touch on this because I know your gratitude is big for you. As much as I teach it, here's the irony. Tonight, half the people that are listening to me, I've made hundreds of millions of dollars like you. They won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of the people won't say Within three days, nobody listening of your millions of people out there, even though I've studied physics, quantum physics, metaphysics, I've been around, I'm on the Transformational Leadership Council with Jack Canfield, Bob, like the world thought leaders, 
all of us agree the simplest way to change your life is gratitude, but we're so effing in our own way, we won't say thank you. I've given you the easiest recipe to success, simple gratitude, and even me took me nine months to do it for 30 days. I'm just being honest. I tried. I forgot in the morning. I had to start over. Nine months, someone who teaches and preaches and lives by gratitude, for me not to get in my own freaking way to get what I want in life, and gratitude is that literally path to, to everything you want. I can tell you this, Andy, uh, you may be like this too, right? You said you're an animal, you're a beast. And when you see competition, when you see competition, right? Other, maybe other supplement companies out there, you're like, I want to do whatever they're doing. I want to do it better, right? So, but that also brings uh, an emotion of like, you know, just like, I don't know, it's not envy. It's not an envy. It's like a unhealthy competitiveness, right? And for me, I had to really, you know, most of my life, I was like in survival mode, right? Survival mode, survival mode. And I had to really switch that around to, you know what? I had to put like, this recently happened literally like two years ago. I had to take all that, the warrior suit off, you know, because for me, it was always war, right? And I had to take that warrior suit off and say, all right, you know what? I, I have to start being grateful. You know, I'm no longer in, I'm no longer in a war. I'm not, I'm no longer in battle. I have to start being grateful. And I have to be, you know, I, if, if I come home, you know, I got to put my husband hat on, right? Yeah. My husband hat on, my daddy hat on, right? Or else, because if I'm in that, if I'm in that uh, trance the whole day, I'm, I'm, I mean, shit, my, if my wife's coming up to me, I'm like, hold on, I'm taking, you know, mm -hmm. right? You know how it is, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it changes. So I, I, when I started being grateful, I'm like, I just started really different things started to come to my mind. Like, you know what? I'm not even supposed to fucking be here. Yeah. Right. I'm not even, I'm not even supposed to be, I'm not even supposed to have everything that I have. And even like, shit, I'm not even supposed to be in this country. Right? I was mm -hmm. illegal for the longest time. You know what I mean? Imagine like throughout your life, you're like, shit, I hope they don't catch us because we're going back. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I just had to make that switch. Like, all right, I'm no longer in a war zone. Now I just want to, I, I got to be grateful. And then once you start living in gratitude and appreciation, life just becomes so much better, man. It, it, it becomes, it becomes even more effective you're even more effective than you were when you thought you were being the most effective. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You get to have fun instead of being pissed off do, all the time. Do you understand? Do you understand that that warrior armor, oh, like yeah, having bro. to take that shit off every now and then? <laughs> I don't know, Sal. What you tell him, bro. I got here that first. feeling. I got that feeling from him too. You play basketball? Yeah, I do. <laughs> nah, bro, it's no, a, I do. It's a. You know, I'm not, that, I'm not nice on the court yeah. and I'm sure you're not. No, either. No, I, yeah. I, I purposely do not compete, um, with anybody here in the building in any events. Uh, and people think like, Oh dude, they must, you know, you, you must just not really be into that. No, it's not that it's that if we get on that field, I'm going to maniac. kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a maniac. the problem is, is you're, I'm going to be the guy that you're like, damn, bro, it's just fucking softball. And like, I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm going to be after the, whatever happens, I'm going to be like, fuck, it is just softball. You yeah, know? Right. Afterwards. Like, yeah. I don't have the self-control. Like, dude, one time I was bowling with this girl I was dating and she beat me and she talked shit and I dumped her. Like, so literally the next fucking day. Boom. Yeah. And like, that's, I'm just a terrible loser. And so. She was super hot. Yeah. And it's not something <laughs> yeah, right. I really want to, like, I need to work on it, but I don't want anybody to see me work on it. Like, it's, it's What's that old ugly. saying? Uh, I hate losing more than I like winning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That old saying. And that's true. You know, Dude, that's I true. ask people that. But it's unhealthy time. almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I ask. That's another question I ask, like literally every high achiever that I, that I talk to and every fucking one of them, you get them alone, dude. Like they'll tell you, they'll, they'll tell you. 
oh, I really love to win. I really, it's all about the win. I love to win. But man, when you get them, like you get a couple shots at, Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 get them uh, away from everybody. The three AM version, fucking yeah, right. The, the, the Jaeger truth. truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is, they hate to fucking lose. Yeah. I don't know. I See, it. like I'm I'm the camp of win still. Like is, in my brain, we don't know for real. Like in my like, I always think in my head, people haven't won enough. Like that's how I think, and that's I mean, dude, when I play, I can't. And, and trust me, it's fuck. It's if it's camp win, it's fifty point oh one three. You know, it's not. There's an equal balance there of hatred to love. But that taste of winning is fucking good, man. See, it, I'm just now starting to enjoy any of that. Oh, like, that any of that, and it comes from the gratitude that we've talked about. My my, you know, a lot of guys around here at HQ are like, "Damn, dude, you seem like 75 hards really changed you." And it's like, well, yeah, it has. Like, I'm not concerned or insecure in any way at all. Like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make decisions I need to make, and that's that. And it is what it is, which makes me nicer. Because I'm not carrying around extra anxiety of that I put on myself, right? Can you actually do what you need to do? Are you capable of executing in this arena? I don't have those thoughts anymore. I know I am. I know I belong here. And you're 70, just I got to interrupt because yeah. the, the 75 hard to me, and you know, it took me 15 years. I played college football out of all heart and no talent. Yeah. You know, I am an average division three football so player. Rudy. Yeah. Rudy, but shitty. And, <laughs> but, but I literally, you know, worked my heart. I could not lose anything. Yeah. And 15 years later, my biggest thing is to stay as driven and focused without wanting to win, which is a really big nuance. But I was going to say on the 75 hard, what makes it so important for everyone to understand is what you've learned is in what the program will teach you, you cannot find outside of no. you what you can't find inside. And That's so right. when I looked at your program, I look what you do, you're teaching people to look inside of themselves mm-hmm. to find what's outside of them. That's why now you look at everything outside Different. of you differently because right. you see it inside. Because I have complete control. Exactly. And 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 when, when you don't, it creates all kinds of unnecessary worry and anxiety, especially when you have uh, uh, the lifestyle like, you know, a high achiever lifestyle where everything's coming at you all the time. You know, one thing I think is important to, to, to hit on, because like, I think, you know, I'm trying to think of it from a listener's perspective. You know, there's a lot of people that are literally in day one, right? Like they're listening and they're like, fuck dude, that's easy to say you're grateful when you're rich as fuck. Well, no shit. It's a lot easier in theory, but really it's not, it's, it's really not. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they, because I think there's a lot, there's a diminishing returns on success, right? Like people think like, oh, the more money you have, the happier you'll be. That's not it's actually a mi- true. Misconception at- for sure. Yeah. Misconception. At- <laughs> now there is a limit of happiness that will come with being financially secure. I could, t- everybody has it and it's different for everybody. My- I could tell you exactly what my limit was. My limit to where the happiness above, and it's not what people think. People think like, oh, dude, when I get that fucking Lambo or I get this fucking, you know, this, or I get a jet or I get this, motherfucker, I'm telling you from someone who's done all that shit that that ain't what it is. What it is is there's a place of your discomfort that you're going to overcome. And for me, it was being able to go to a restaurant with my friends and not have to fucking stress over the bill at all. Boom. Right? Nice. Okay. So everything above that, like when I got to that point where like Chris and I could go to dinner 
And we weren't like, fuck, man, that dinner's, you know, going to be $300. How are we going to pay for it out of, you know, out of the company? Because that's literally how much money that we had. We didn't have fucking anything. When we got to a point where I could take, you know, everybody in this room, let's say our whole team, 12 people or whatever, to dinner and then like know that I could pay for it. After that, the happiness amount that I gained was was far less um uh, in relation to the you know what I'm saying? To so the money. Like, Boom. Right. Heck yeah. So so you what you guys have to realize is like once you get to a point of financial freedom or success. And you're a lot closer to that point than you think you are because what you think it is is like, oh, the big house and the cars and this and that. That's not what it is. It's it's having enough cash flow to cover what's drowning you right now and still feel good about it. And once you get above that, it's diminishing returns. And a lot of people will spend their whole life chasing that carrot, you know, more, 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 hoping that it's going to produce that same like endorphin that same and yeah. that same hit of happiness more happiness right yeah. when it doesn't and so that's when you have to start working on yourself you have to start realizing that dude happiness really is an internal equation that you need to solve and nothing that you do no relationship no job no career nothing external affects it the way that it did when you got to that point of like okay now i can at least breathe a little bit. Yeah. And you do, I think it's important because I executive coach a lot of people on the money yeah. side of things and I'm a spiritual person, yeah. but I'm a money person. I yeah. make a lot of money to help a lot of people. I receive so I can give, but you reach that point for me. It's what's called when I was in law school, I got locked out and I couldn't afford the, the locksmith. And I cried because I was embarrassed to ask my girlfriend for money. A year later, I'm a millionaire and I locked myself out and it was nothing on me. And that was when I realized shit, after that point, when you get that money that you can shop for what you want, right now you work on yourself. Yeah, but you got to get to the point yes. where you can shop, or else when you lock yourself out, it creates a whole shit show of ego-based fears, and it just snowballs in the wrong direction. So right. I have people focus in on what what is that point, and the way that we do is detach your emotions from the outcome. The biggest mistake I made when I was young is I'll be happy when I get my private jet. And I got it, wasn't happy. Why? Because I was buying shit I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. That's right. And, and we all felt that way. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. But there's certain things I'm like, fuck. You start to figure out, you're like, fuck, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, like for me, everybody knows I'm a huge car collector. Yeah. So like I've got a, I've got a world-class car collection. That's just the truth. Um, but I, I have a passion for that, right? Like yeah. I'm not trying to accumulate more shit. But I see a lot of people doing that where they're just like, you know, it's, it's, it's the watch, it's the, this, it's the, that it's the house. When you get to a certain level, you know, I know, you know, do you can only live in one motherfucking house, bro? <laughs> like, that's the truth. That's what I'm saying. Rent the rest of them. Yeah. Zach, I, you know, Zach. I probably should. Huh? My, that's beach what I'm my, beach house, my, my beach house is available. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Give me a call. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm going. Was that an invite there? Yes, it Dos is. on tap. No, I, I think for me, back to the, but, 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 but wait, hold I am on the most like, I, I, I want to get, I want to get these guys opinions on this because where I was going was this, was, was this for, for someone out there who is, is, uh, you know, at the beginning, right. And they, like, dude, they can't really pay their bills. They're embarrassed about their lifestyle. You know, they, they're driving a car that they, they don't want anybody to see them driving, you know, like all the, the problems that, you know, it's been a while since i've had right yeah um what 
what are some things that you like to talk to people about in that regard about, cause like, dude, I'm a big believer and I know you are too. And we haven't even ever talked about this. I don't think, but I, you have to get yourself in the mindset of abundance before you have it. And that's the thing. No doubt. Yeah. And along with the mindset, you have to be in the heart set and know that you're in control of both. Mm -hmm. And then two, the only way to it, and we started this whole thing in this respect is you, you got to develop the skills, which takes hard work. Right. So capabilities are skills. Find out what the fuck you want to learn to do. Two, knowledge. You guys have books here. You make everybody read. I love that because knowledge is what and who. So ask people for help. Find the people in the situation you want to be in. That's part of manifestation and dreaming. And the easiest way to get to where you want to go is ask for someone that's there to give you directions on how to get there. Nobody asked. That's my biggest failure in my whole life. Still, I put radical humility on my nightstand to remind myself to say, hey, Andy, do you know someone that can help me? I'm looking for blank right? And we have to do that. And then finally, maintain that desire however you can, because the common denominator for me and you and I have shared experiences of the greatest athletes, celebrities, entertainers, billionaires, and millionaires have been on our show. Common denominator, by far, Sal, you'll agree, they must be what they can be. That, that's it. Yeah. All those people, they just have something inside of them like you guys, all, all you guys in here must be what you can be and you'll do whatever the hell it takes to do it. I just make sure that people have more efficient mindset and heart set to get there. Dude, I think, I think, uh, the, there, there's something real important that you said there about, um, you know, asking, right? Like it's funny because I never ask any of my network for fucking anything. And it's, it's, and I don't know why. You know, I know, I know what it is. It's ego. Yeah. It's me wanting to it's think pride. like, oh, I'm, it's I don't pride. fucking need some shit from any of these yeah. motherfuckers. Right. Or I don't want them to think that. But I it's it. funny because the minute I really do need something, like if I, let's say like, hey, I, I need to know this. Like, hey, do you have an intro to this guy or that? Dude, it fucking solved the problem in three seconds. But just because I'm too fucking prideful to ask. It's because the way we grow up. Yeah. It's the programming. Yeah, dude, me and Sal are like that, dude. We don't like, like, we, Handouts, this is, like here, favors, dude, this change is our, that. This is our thing. We don't need you. Fuck off. Fuck off. You know, and well, that's, experience is the best educator, yeah. right? And that's, I mean, but I, that's not, I'm not bragging. I'm saying that's a, that's an area where I need to get better at. For yeah. sure. And I, you did hit me with a leading question there. I saw the attorney come out. Like you will agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm shaking Recovering my head. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Recovering lawyer. I, I think for me, and I had to take a note because, you know, not only is experience the best educator, but the, the, to the, the new person success for me. I think when when I started to see my sales career take off, or really when I started to see myself take off and money came with it, is when I stopped being transactional, like looking at that person as a dollar sign, like I have to, I have to sell, I have to complete, I have to transact. And I started being intentional, like, hey man, like, how are you? Like, let me give a fuck about this person. And in return, guess what happens? They give a fuck about you. And you know what else happens with that, bro? Is that you are in such a better mood. That's it. The whole day. Yeah. Like I've been, this is something I've been working on even here in the building, because I have this, like, dude, I'm in my own mind all the time. Like people, you know, they, they, they probably look at me and think, what the fuck is his problem? But it's not that it's that I'm working out. So like anytime you fucking you motherfuckers listening, see me anywhere. It doesn't matter if you see me drinking a fucking beer. I promise you there is something going on in my head. I'm trying to fix there. I've got a problem I'm working on. And so you look at me and you think, oh, dude, he looks pissed off. No, it's not that I'm just thinking. And what I've started to do over the last, you know, this with doing 75 hard, especially with the phase three, where it taught me about, um, I got back into the habit of meeting people that I didn't know on purpose, uh, which I avoided for many years because I'm not an extrovert. 
what it did was it, it taught me how much, I guess, good energy that it, I get back from just being interested in other people genuinely. And dude, the cool thing about doing that, like now I find myself walking through HQ and I'll talk to like three or four people and it like recharges my batteries, dude. You know, like I might be tired. I might be, you know, we might be dealing with some, some dumbass or whatever. And I walk through and I talk to, you know, two or three of the people around the building and say, Hey, what's going on? Oh dude, I'm doing this and this and this. And it kind of like, you could pick up on their energy. Energy's contagious. Yeah, bro. And then all of a sudden now I'm not bad anymore. It's been yeah. great. I look at, you know, there's, when you start looking at being intentional and really having good interactions, you stop taking away the worth of somebody because of a watch or because of a car and because of a thing. What you realize, like as humans, like we all have the same motherfucking problems. We're all scared at some level. We all deal with money issues, no matter how much money you have. We deal with relationships problems. I mean, it's part of the nature, whether you have a great relationship or not, like you still have fucking issues. And when you can sit down across the table from somebody and actually have a real conversation and give a fuck about them, the magnitude of them, their ability to give a fuck about you is 10x because it's so rare, back to your point about gratitude. It's like, it's so rare for somebody to ask, hey man, how's your day? Hey, how's your relationship? How, how are you doing? How is, it's so rare. And people, we like to talk about ourselves, you, you know, like the real Sal AF, right? Like I like to hear myself talk, but it, if you look at it in a relationship standpoint, like we're not often asked, hey, how you doing? How are you? Like, and instead of it just being a question at the beginning of a conversation, like, oh, how the fine. fuck are you? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. fucked up in some way. Oh, dude. <laughs> the That's the 3 a.m. conversation the I really like. Everybody's fucked up. I can tell you this. Uh, what, four weeks ago, I came off Clonopin and Paxil, you know? How did I get there? I didn't take care of myself. I worked my fucking ass off, you know? Eyes open, eyes closed. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, in 2017, I came down. Well, I thought something was wrong with me, yeah. right? I felt dizzy and shit and heart palpitations, all kinds of stuff. And I'm working out. I'm like, man, I don't feel good. And I've always been an ox, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mexican street dog, you know, <laughs> like I've never been sick, you know? So I just, I don't know what's going on. I go to the doctor and uh, they, I have brain MRIs. I have blood scans. I have Depression. heart. I ha yeah, I have, yeah. I have heart uh, 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 stress tests, right? Yep. They, you take a pill, they put you upside down. Yep. And after like months and months and months of research, my, uh, my general doctor just says, Hey, Hey man, um, you have GAD. What, what's GAD? General anxiety disorder. I said, what? What is that? What's anxiety? You know, the way we grew up, we don't. Right. Not, what, what is anxiety, that, that's right? That's the pussies. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What's anxiety? You know, anxiety. Like, yeah, man, you got the, you know, you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, man. You, you got anxiety. So I'm going to, you know, you got to go see my friend, the psychiatrist, and he's going to put you on some pills, you know? And, 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 you know, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's fucked up in oh, some bro. way. I, oh, bro. I, that's you know? why I knew it was something like that because I had the same exact fucking thing where I thought, Did I, you they go thought I had a fucking brain tumor. Oh, it, shit. It turned out I have, I have what's called a pineal cyst, which actually turns out to make me like, a, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, yeah. a super manifester. That's crazy. So, um, proved it. Well, yeah. I, I got mean, the picture. Yeah. 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 That's what people, go ahead. Yeah. I watched the same shit. 188. Uh, that, uh, people don't understand that, right? A lot of the folks that yeah. are listening right now, they think that it's all, you know, nice and peachy, right? They think that it's nice and peachy, but, you know, they have to understand that you're going to have to push, put yourself through hell. Like, yeah. you have to be willing to die for this shit. That's a fucking fact, bro. Right? When people like, say, oh, yeah. man, you're fucking killing it. Yeah. But people don't understand well, that we were we killed ourselves. I got to pipe in here. on this one because just like I said, the common denominator of it must be what you can be. The other common denominator that I've learned kind of as a Napoleon Hill of podcasting 
is that everybody in, in running Lee Steinberg, right? The greatest notable sports agent in the world. We had everyone, no matter who you are, the same percentage of your life, my life and his life sucks. And it's the people that learn how to find and deal with the suck. They're the ones that become successful, but in no way, even when you become successful, it's the same percentage of my life sucks is when I was five years old and my dad left and I was broke and well, there's always going to be shit to fix. Exactly. You just got to figure out that percentage and that's that? what makes it. You're, you're going to be what you can be. You must be what you can must be. be what you can be. Mm. Dude, <clears throat> that in itself is something that I like, do you think, do you think that's something that people, I actually think that's something people can develop. Yeah. Um, I see it through 75 hard a lot. You know, a lot of people start and they think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get in shape or I'm going to see what this is about. All of a sudden, you fast forward 75 days and they're a fucking different human. And then you fast forward a year when they've gone through the whole program. And then all of a sudden you could see like, holy shit, this person gets it now. Like you're leaving so much on the motherfucking table. Like and it, what, what I get a lot of from people is like, dude, I had no idea how much potential I was leaving out there. And that becomes almost this weird moment where you're sort of happy because you're like, hey, I'm on the right path, but you're also sort of pissed because you're like, fuck, I'm 40 years old. I just figured it the fuck right. out, <laughs> you know? And uh, I've seen that awakening happen, you know, thousands of times in the last couple of years we've been running with that program. But uh, you definitely, you, yeah. you're born, you, people are born at different degrees, yeah. but there's an epigenetic layer of your DNA that you can activate and your program activates that layer of DNA that allows you to must be what you can be. And if you continue with it and don't quit on it a year, two years, five years, you're a completely different person, but you have to recognize you're born at a certain stage, mm -hmm. right? That, so you need to activate it. So some people are born with a happy gene, no matter what the fuck happens, they're happy all the time. But you doesn't mean that everybody can't be happy. They just have to work at it the same way as anything else. Yeah, and I, just to Sal's point that he was making earlier, you know, I used to be the guy that would be like, man, why the fuck is that guy so happy all the time? <laughs> and I'd be mad because I didn't, I didn't have that, right? I and you probably had more money than that guy. Well, I do now, yeah. But like, the, the point is, is like, even when I was younger, like when I was, when I was 15, 16, 17, I'd look at people and I'm like, why is that fucking guy so happy to be here? But what I learned, and here, this is to your point, those people are still happy and I admire those people. I'm still friends with a number of those people and they're some of my best friends and they're happy. It's great. But I also am grateful now that I wasn't that way because I've had to figure it out and now I can teach other people how to do it. And that to me is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, God puts you where you can serve the most type of thing. Like I was trying to tell you, Sal, a minute ago, you know, you couldn't do what you do if you weren't born with the challenge of that where you have to work to be physically in shape. Like, you couldn't do it. No, but I mean, the hardest thing I ever did was walk on water. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, that, you know what? No. Hey, that was, no, easy, but, that was easy for me, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is- I created this guy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but to your point, I mean, that's, that, that is the Rubik's Cube of life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very much internal. Yeah. You know, and it's not, and listen, we all, there's, it's totally normal to want things, yeah, you know, yeah. and to want more. And things are cool as fuck. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make you a bad person. Yeah, right. Bro, but like there ain't nothing I get happier about than going out in my garage, man. It makes me fucking happy. Well, but, but there's nothing that makes you more proud than understanding that you understand yourself. That's right. You know, and there's a huge paradox in understanding that where, but you got to go through a little bit of the, 
the spending losses, you know, where you buy things and you're like, oh, yeah. And you go look at it. And you're like, well, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, you got to make those losses. No, 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 dude. It, it's no different than, you know, people, people, people don't get that. Like the first time it's cool. You know, like your first time you get a car or a watch or something, it's cool. And then it gets less cool. And it then becomes it gets less junk. cool. And Excessive then it gets junk. less cool. Yeah. yeah. It becomes and junk. then all of a sudden you're like, well, fuck, I can't get the cool anymore. That's when you have to start creating it. Well, and that, and that to today's point where, you know, like you run from your fears kind of, and, or not kind of, but like most people do. And I played sports my whole life, you know, college, professional, whatever. And I'm never going to run again once I'm done. Never going to fucking run it. Never going to run again. You know, one of the most proud moments I ever had in my whole entire life is I crossed the finish line at half marathon. And I started crying because I was so proud of myself for doing something I said I'd never fucking do really because I hated it and I was scared of it. And I realized like inside of like, wow, there's something in there I kind of like. And chase a little more. And you earn that respect for yourself a little bit more. And then there's like all these little things that cost nothing, do nothing that you realize can bring you a lot of internal happiness. Then I started to swim. And then I started to be one of those guys that wore the stupid suit and the big helmet and get on a fucking big bike and you ride down the street. Everybody makes fun of like, I've been that guy. Guess what? I kind of like it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make me a bad person, but you understand it. Like sometimes- You wear one of those pointy helmets? I don't, I'm not, I haven't graduated that yet. I'm yeah. riding, I don't ride that fast, but the- well, How uh, does that work out, by the way? Do you guys wear underwear under nah, those suits? Nah, bro. No? Because I've, I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen, I, I Dude, got I'm, friends that are doing that now. You don't wear underwear in those things? No. You that's get right, crazy. It's like a pair. See, I wouldn't know that either. Yeah, I would. Yeah. That's why I asked. Bro, yeah. you sit on that seat so for a fucking half. That may good. be the best question of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm just saying. it is. No, listen, <laughs> if I can, like, we is it like all, an aerodynamic thing? So, so, so here's the real question then. So do the skid marks go right in the suit? Oh. No, you always buy black. after a protein bar. Always buy black, bro. But. I tell you that saying, fucking, you don't have any skid mark insurance. There's a graduation, believe DJ, it or not. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, in a in a bike seat, you pay for less seat. Like the more expensive the seat, the thinner it is. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's a it's, where do you get one without one of them fronts on it? Because like I like that's the part that bothers me. Now they make little cuts in there for your huevos. Do they? Webbles. Yeah. Webbles. 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 Uh, <laughs> Earlier you said something, you said something about, oh, I go out the for, for tip and instantly in my head I was like propina. You know, like <laughs> anyway. No, but I, 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 I think that that internal, that internal justification of doing things that you said you'd never, what was it like to tell a joke that wasn't funny on the show? Oh, I did. Shit. <laughs> did I do that? Did they edit? Oh, no, you fucking no. certainly did, no, bro. I, I'm, I'm like, was, I'm like a one-liner. Poor DJ. Now, now is, Joe, this motherfucker is going to come and try to tell you to cut that out. You leave that shit in, bro. <laughs> you know I got As long as you amuse yourself. Right? <laughs> like that's all that matters. Internal. Internal. I don't, I don't know if you haven't uh, learned this yet, but I, I have the ability to do that as well. <laughs> Those are the happiest people on earth. Dude, I was a good guy for a car trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, so I always dreamed about like what it'd be like to be on Howard Stern's show. This is way better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, I just need Rob. Which one's wanna, Robin? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, you want That's usually DJ. <laughs> hey, Dave, you want Andy to bring out the speaker and you're going to sit on top of it? I do. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they have a cutout on the speaker, I'm cool. Oh, I'm Jewish from the eyebrows up, remember? Dude, fucking, that part of the movie, dude, makes me laugh so hard, dude. And it, like, because I think about it now and I'm like, fuck, dude, I forget some of the shit that I say on the podcast. And I forget that, like, my family listens to the show. <laughs> you know, like, I know. Like, I'm, I'm over so fucking bad. Easter and everybody's like, hey, I listen to the show. And I'm like, fuck. Is that good or bad? I know. I'm on the show Which going, show? my 10 year old. Yeah. I go, my 10 year old is the best mistake of my life because he was an accident, yeah. right? And then I get home and my son's like, what did, what did you mean? I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, what did I mean? 
Oh, oh, dude. I, I, love, I love you, Miles, buddy. I love yeah, yeah. you. Daddy was just careful. Hey, and hey think, listen, my twins. <laughs> right. They were a I wild think people afternoon. out there, man, they, they, they need to understand that there's no, there's no success without the pain. You oh, know no. what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what they need to understand. They see folks now, you know, they private jet or cars or, you know, whatever. And they feel like, oh, they kind of just landed there, yeah. you know? But if you think about every single, even if you read someone like Manny Koshman, right? The contrarian, yeah, yeah. like he tells yeah. you he was living out of his car, right? There's so many, I mean, nine out of 10 times you're a successful entrepreneur, you know, you're highly active producer. I mean, they went through, they went through all phases of shit, eating right. shit, like right. they're eating shit stage for, you know, one year, three year, five year, 10 years, and whatever the problem it was. is, bro, is it's so, it, it, the, the, the eating shit stage is so bad that everybody thinks they're the only one they had to do it. Yeah. They're like, no way. It's really this it, fucking bad. You know, no, what, blows, what really blows their mind though, is when you tell them like, Hey, it, trust the process, enjoy the process. One day you're going to look back on that <laughs> and realize that you were growing the most at that stage. And right? not only that, you were having the most fucking fun. That was the yeah. best part. Yeah. yeah. But see, people don't, they don't ever believe you. Oh, they don't. Right? Well, dude, they don't believe like, you. And the best stories come out of those zones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. all the stories we have that we all laugh about that we only laugh about. Bro, Chris and I used to fucking have a fishbowl, a fishbowl margarita fucking, uh, you, know, you know, like you go to a Mexican place and they got like a big fucking fishbowl margarita. Yeah. We'd have that, and we would fill the motherfucker with natural light and see who could fucking drink it faster. <laughs> like that's what we—that's what we did in the back of our fucking store. You know why? Because we didn't have any customers. It didn't matter. Hey man, I mean that's, that's dude. I could tell you so many fucking games and shit that we had. Like, yeah. And I look back and dude, Chris and I, you know, we'll be fucking flying somewhere on a jet or whatever. I'm like, hey man, remember that fucking fishbowl? <laughs> but I—I I, I think it kind of bringing it back to the beginning of the podcast when you start thinking about. I don't want to say the dangers of social media, but one of the huge downfalls is everybody's so quick to show the success. And oh man, man we should definitely yeah, talk but about dude, that. I don't want to, I don't want to fucking give the wrong impression either, because like Gary does this shit all the time and it annoys the fuck out of me. And I love Gary, but Gary, you know this annoys the fuck out of me. Is like he taught he shits on on success, material success, and I think that's so irresponsible of anybody to do. Me too, because you don't know what that person's driver is like. For some guys who who lived in a dirt floor, having a fucking house that's nice is a huge fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. And if you say, oh, it, big house or blah, 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 and I take away that dream from someone who's grinding, that might be the only thing that gets them through. Because I can tell you for sure, dude, owning a fucking Lambo for me, and you know, since then I've moved on to other car, other brands, but like, dude, I was a passionate Lamborghini fan my whole life since I was eight years old. And all those times that I was like, fuck, dude, this sucks. I would tell myself, I'm like, man, you know what, though? When I get that fucking Lambo, it's going to be worth it. And, and that sounds stupid. But the thing was, it pulled me through so many difficult times. And a lot of these guys out there that are like, oh, material success is fucking bullshit. Dude, they're stealing some of these young dreamers dreams. And, and dude, you have to let them have the, the, the growth process of understanding like, hey, that's awesome. Great for you. And then discovering that there's actually a whole lot more past that. And, and dude, by saying, you know, I think it's a very dangerous thing some of these guys say when they, when they shit on people's material goals because, you know, they're trying to sound super spiritual and like, you know, um, shit, yeah. you know. And fucking, the truth is, is like, dude, if it wasn't for fucking Lamborghini, I would have quit. Well, I, I'm spiritual AF. Yeah. And I will tell you this. I teach what before why. Yeah. Like, and you, my thing is, 
I used to shit on owning a Ferrari, right? Yeah. Used to say all it did was make me an asshole. I yeah. cared about the car too much, and women knew my true anatomy. Yeah. But then I started realizing, you know what? It's true. Uh, did it did it help with you, women? It, but I needed that. I was like you. Owning that Ferrari was a huge accomplishment. Yeah. But then I learned about the Ferrari, and my thing is, pick what you want. I don't yeah. give a hell or damn what it is. Learn from it. If you, it still makes you happy, like your Lamborghini yeah. still makes you happy, yeah. keep the goddamn yeah. car. Yeah. If you learn, hey, this is no big deal. I've owned it. Move we'll on to something. Move on and pick yeah. a new, but pick another what. And yeah. it can be a material item. It doesn't matter because if you're after something in the pursuit, you're going to expand, grow, and accelerate and help other people. Yeah. Even if it's something stupid, it's not stupid Bro, to you. Even now, like even now, Sal will tell you this. Like, dude, every night, what do we text? We text cars back and forth and, or houses. Houses yeah. is what yeah. we really have been on. Like, cause him and I want to get, we, you know, we don't want to get, we don't need to get our own fucking seven houses. Like me, him and Chris and Jason and the guys are close knit here. We fucking share everything. So like we send back, you know, these crazy houses down in Naples or on South beach or fucking Key Biscayne or like uh ball Harbor, which by the way, I'm going to be neighbors with one of you motherfuckers soon. <laughs> I need, hey, I need that yeah. Dave money for them $52 million houses. That's what, what you need, man. Yeah. Right? Hey, Fisher, right here, a little Fisher Island. That's yeah. where you want your yeah. house next I'm, to Kim Perel. I'm just Shout saying out. like, dude, but still to this day, every day I'm sending him probably 10 houses that are, I mean, $35 million and above, you know what I mean? And we send them back. And like, even to this day, we're like still like that. It's just different things. But what's interesting is you go back seven years ago, the house that Andrew lives in, he would text me. Oh, yeah. Right. Legitimately. Yeah. The same now house. Live, you know what I mean? Not so, only that. That house, that ho people don't really know the whole story about that house. I've been watching that house since I was fucking 19 years old. Okay. My ex-girlfriend from high school lived right down the street from that house. When they were building that house, I used to drive up there and watch them build it. Like, because, dude, the house is fucking ridiculous. And so I never seen anything like it. And they're putting up these big pillars. It's an exact replica of uh, of uh, Oak Alley in Louisiana. So uh, the house is fucking. It's insane. Like we, like I could take a picture of it and post it, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's a nice house." But look at the fucking car next to it, so you can understand what it, how fucking it's ridiculous to see in person. So. I'm fucking 19, 20 years old and I'm, I'm, you know, fucking just starting in business and I'm looking at this house. I'm like, who the fuck lives there? You know, like, how do you live there? And I start thinking, so for, for, they kicked me off. I would go up there to watch them build a house and they would shoot me off. So fast forward, this is fucking 1999, 2000, 2001. Fast forward 10 years. Okay, 10 years, you're going to love this story. Yeah, I already do. So 10 years <laughs> later, you know, I'm still not making any money. My first 10 years, I made $58,000 in business, okay? The next couple years, I started to make a little bit of money, all right? And I started to think and see, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to get to that level. So what I start doing is trying to figure out who the fuck owns this house. So I found him on tax records and I found him on Facebook and I sent him a DM and I said, Hey, just letting you know. And this is like 2013. Hey, just letting you know. Uh, maybe it was 2012. I'm not sure. It was, it was eight years. Okay. From the time I reached out to him till the time he sold me the house. All right. So I reached out to him when I had no fucking money. I, I had just started making a little bit and I figured, you know, Oh, this guy, Eventually, he's going to want to move. So I just want to be the first in that line. And 
you know, he was like, are you a broker? I'm like, no, I'm just a guy. I want to buy the house. And he kind of like, you know, blew me off, which, you know, I would probably do. Well, then uh, fast forward, it goes on the market a couple of times. It doesn't sell. And, you know, so I'm sending the shit to Sal. I'm like, fuck, dude, I wish this was just a better time. I wish it was a better time. You know, he ends up staying there. And then we we stay in contact. So we get to be around 2015. Now I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, I can, I can do this for sure. And uh, I start telling him, I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know, I want to really buy your house. And we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Finally, in 2018, he, he's like, hey, I think I'm going to sell the house. And that's how I fucking got the house. I bought the house with a fucking meme. That's awesome. Okay. So he sent me. So I was at Billy G's and I was, I was a little fucked up. And I was sitting there with Emily and, you know, uh, that meme, you know, the movie Django. Yeah. Okay. Django, and yeah. you know, the part where he's like, uh, where they're having dinner and, and, uh, like the dude, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio, like slams the hammer down on the fucking table. Sold. Right, sold. sold. All right. Uh, so, you know, those memes. Yeah. So there's a meme that says sold to the man with a magnificent beard. Cause that's what he says in the movie. And that's how I bought the house. I sent him a fucking meme. And I, I got a screenshot of it. If anybody, I send it to so Dan cool. Fleischman all the time. Oh, yeah. So, so he's like, so we're going to do this deal or not? And I'm like, yeah. And I sent back the fucking meme sold to the man with the ridiculous good beard. And that's how I bought that house. So I've been chasing it for 20 years. And that house is a historic house, dude. That was uh, Ulysses S. Grant's uh, personal hunting property. I mean, dude, there's all kinds of history on that property. It's fucking amazing, but it goes into the manifesting thing. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, I did the exact same thing with my beach house yeah. with my wife. It, nothing for sale. And somehow it all folded itself and we're living. The exact one. I that walked that exact one, walked that yeah. boardwalk, said someday I'm going to own that house. Played Overline there, went bankrupt, never bought the house. Go, damn, I wish I would have bought that house. Yeah. And then literally the couple that owned it got in a big fight. And all of a sudden the broker called me and said, I think you could buy it now. Wasn't on the market. Yeah. I just called it the right time. Yeah. Have you guys noticed that um, you get to a certain level and your manifestation, right? Your manif your ability to manifest that you start to like you visualize something, and then next thing you know, it like it's comes it's so immediate. much. It comes yeah. so much quicker. I see it just like a muscle. So much quicker. Yeah. And I got to talk to Doctor Joe about this, who who knows his shit about this stuff, <laughs> and he said that that's true as well. Why? For why sure. is that? What the more, the more you it's just like a muscle, dude. The more you train it, the the better it works. It's and unbelievable. What, what you're doing, like, and I talked to Dr. Joe, yeah. I, I believe what you're doing is clearing the interference and corrosion that you have between what already exists yeah. and you. Yeah. And so your free will is actually not to go get something. It's to clear the connection to what's already in existence. So yeah. when you're seeing that house, right. it already exists and it is yours. Yeah. You just have to clear all the junk out in between. Yeah. So the better you get it clearing, the faster that house is going to come to you, the car. And I hate the word manifestation, by the way, because I get caught up into the doc, Dr. Joe woo-woo guy right, sometimes. Right, right. It's a, Look, right. Manifesting only means you think about what you want and you get it. Yeah. Intention. That, exactly. Right. You intention. get what you want. If you yeah. are into getting what you want, yeah. then manifest is a good word for you. Yeah. Well, it's an internal vision board. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think about it and you think, all right, how do I got to knock that out? All right, yeah, your problem solving. That's an interesting concept of what you're saying about clearing, clearing the garbage out. Yeah. And, and, and once, and you know this just from studying, you know, the things that you've studied, what people don't understand is that, you know, time is not actually even linear. It's what, what you think of actually is already existing at a different place in the quantum universe. And what you're seeing when you visualize is actual reality at a different place. Point. Mm. Recollect. Reality. Listen to these words. Yeah. Recollect. Remember. 
What do you think? I'm remembering that. I'm recollecting. Agate yeah. knowledge. You're acquiring the knowledge to get it. These words are not mistakes, mm -hmm. right? They're not coincidences. You create the coincidences by clearing the vision or the direction to what already exists. And when you meet people like Andy and you guys, you really see that muscle at work. The other muscle too that I like before we quickly end, right, is focus. Like for me, people talk about focus and intention, but it's also refocus. What, you know, human mind can only focus on one thing, but people like all of you guys, you refocus really quickly. So people think you're doing five things at once. You're not, you're doing one thing, refocusing to this one, refocusing back. And it seems like an instant. So people are like, how does he does three things at once? You're not, it's a muscle. It's just quick. Focus, yeah. Right. Refocusing and focusing is a muscle. Most of the things are muscles that we do. I'll give you an example. Um, so I, I, I went to, I went to, uh, one of my, one of my good friends, uh, his wedding in, um, Huntington, 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 Huntington beach. beach, right. Flew down there. And then, uh, one of my good friends picks me up in a, a Rolls Royce colon in, right. Mm. And I've been looking for a dad car. I, I recently bought like a, a Porsche, a Cayenne turbo, you know, just to like put my little two-year-old back there. Right. Um, I, I, I normally drive like a Prius or something like that. You know, that's my daily driver <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Know? Yeah, uh, it's it's something about Prius. I can go into the story of that uh, delay graphication, which you know. But anyway, so he picks me up in the colon in, and he's like, "Hey, what's up, bro?" He's leasing it. He's leasing it, right. He's like, "Hey, what's up, bro? You want one of these?" I'm like, "Hey, hey, bro, don't even start because if I do, right? If I do, then that's gonna be my sole focus for like the next week or two to like making this happen. So it, it becomes scary now. Of like, you got to be careful." of where you put your focus into as far as the intention and what you want, because then that's all that it happens pretty quickly. Yeah. Now. Negative and positive. That's yeah. The problem. Yeah. You're right. It goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I don't really need to do that right now. So don't, you know, don't put that in my head because I do want smart, it, but I, man. you know, I can, yeah. I, you, I've never heard someone say that. that's super. I deflect smart. it. Now when I deflect you think it. about visualization, like <clears throat> for me, when I think about it, you know, like for example, like that house I keep sending you on ball Harbor, and that house I send you that's on uh, uh, Gordon in Naples. Like when I think of those two houses, like I know one of those two houses is going to be my fucking house. Like I know for sure. Timestamp that. Yeah. Another I, one. I will. <laughs> I already know. Because when I sit down to think about it, I see, especially the Ball Harbor house for some reason, I see myself there. Okay. And when I visualize that, I used to think, and this goes for everything. I'm just painting an example of how you progress with this visualization. I used to think, okay, I'm closing my eyes. I'm thinking of it and it could possibly happen. And what that made it very hard to, to see the picture clearly. What I, what I do now is I actually understand, and this is, this is where you get into the quantum and metaphysics. Um, I actually understand that when I can see the picture clearly, I'm not seeing something that's fake. I'm seeing, I'm literally seeing another point in time of my of my actual life and when you come to an understanding that that's what you're seeing the ability to manifest it becomes almost instant and and it's a hard you know what i'm talking about oh absolutely it's a hard thing to, to describe to someone that isn't developed to that point yet like i'm when i see myself like at that house like i know that's that's like that's really well. You start to feel it too. Well, yeah, no, and that's how you feel it. Yeah, it, and it, and once you get to that level where you're you're seeing it and you're understanding that this is something that actually exists, now you're fucking super dangerous when it comes to your ability to manifest. And I say dangerous because it is dangerous because the minute you start seeing shit that doesn't vibe, 
that shit comes in twice as quick too. So it's something that you have to learn almost, you know, like to a control, firearm. To That's control. Right. Like, yeah. like, dude, yeah. you, you got to be responsible with a firearm, you know, or people get hurt. And your ability to manifest and bring things into you um, is, is there's really nothing more dangerous than that if you're doing it wrong. And it's almost like you become limitless. Right. Right. Yeah, and, uh, sure. and that's why it's scary. Yeah. It's no, scary. no, no, dude. What I'm saying is what I'm getting at here is that there's a lot of people who are fucking manifesting the negativity All over the and over and over and over again, and they can't understand they're fucking doing it. Well, you got to be aware of the game you're playing before you fucking can play the game. And the way I think about visualization and, and quantum, re quantum realities and manifestation and the way you should think about it, and I'm not saying this isn't a fucking opinion. This is me telling you as someone who is fucking great at this, okay? My life speaks Proves for itself, it. yeah. okay? I'm telling you, this is no different than gravity. If you, we could argue about gravity. You could fucking say what you think. And Dave, you could say, oh, what you think. And Sal, you could say what you think. But if we go up on the top of this motherfucking building and step off the edge, there's only one outcome that's happening. And it ain't good. And that's the thing that people don't understand about visualizing. You may not be visualizing right now because you say in your mind, well, that sounds hocus pocus or that sounds bullshit. But what you don't understand is that you actually are manifesting. And what you're manifesting is the shit that you look around and call your life. And you've been manifesting that your whole life and you just aren't aware of it. So if I could give you anything today, it would be to just accept that the shit is real and then start working with it because the more you deny it, the more you're going to unintentionally manifest negativity and whatever it is you observe growing up because you're going to think, well, this just is the way that it is. When in reality, it's actually nothing like that. You're just picking that, you know? Oh, man. Mm -hmm. So... Absolutely. Yeah. Become aware, man. It's a fucking, it's, it's, you know, when I say that about the gravity, people start to get it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Well, I use, I use voting, especially now, right? People vote for what they want. They get what they want. They yeah. vote for what they don't want. They get what they don't want. They vote for what other people want for them. They get what other people want. Which one do you want? Vote for it. So guys, uh, look, we covered a lot of stuff. I think, you know, if you didn't get something out of this show, man, there's something wrong with your brain. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, you know, thanks, David, for coming out. Thanks, Carlos, for making the trip. You know, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they say, oh, dude, have me on your show. But, dude, we're in St. Louis, Missouri. You know, all these other motherfuckers are out in Miami or L.A. and they're doing each other's show. Very few people want to get on a plane and actually come here. So uh, I've been to Springfield, Missouri for is. a sales training. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> Springfield's the, cool. It's a good, the, good spot. The, uh, the, the entertainment for us was to go to Walmart and count cars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was actually, Springfield was kind of dead. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of people. So we were counting people out in the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, Springfield's a wonderful place, we went man. To, I lived uh, there for eight years. We went to your yeah. minor league team's yeah, baseball yeah, yeah, yeah. game. Who are they? Who uh, are they Cardinals. Called? They're Cardinals team. Okay. Yeah. yeah we went to watch their game. Yeah. So that was cool. You know? Yeah, it wasn't I'm, the actual Cardinals. It was like a minor league team, um, like a minor league for the. Bro, Springfield's still the soul of America to me, man. Yeah. And too, just to finish up, you know, we were talking about the law of attraction the whole yeah. time and manifesting, but the law of Goya is the reason I'm here, right? Get off your ass. Yeah. Don't be a talker. Yeah. Do what you do. That's right. And why you all have 180,000 square feet here. Yeah. Exactly. 88. The law of Goya. <laughs> Nothing's more powerful than the law of Goya. Yeah. That people, will help. Uh, get off your, get off your ass and get what you want. That's, that's right. a fact. I can tell you this. I was just telling uh, Andy. I said, "Hey, man, I don't really follow a lot of people. I have I follow two hundred forty some people on Instagram, right?" 
And uh, he's definitely one of them, you know, him and Ed, Ed Milet. And I feel like people will listen to this podcast they'll, and they'll go to seminars and they'll do all that shit, but they'll never move forward with anything, right? That's yeah. unfortunate. That's like some the unfortunate truth. Some, some will, God yeah. willing, some do. And that's what we're here for. You some, know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what I want to tell people is that, you know, 1% of it is information and 99% of it is implementation. That's right. You know, it, it's like you can take one, two, three things from even an episode like this and just run with it. You know, your entire life would, would change. You know, if you really, and there's too many cynical people out there too, right? It's too many cynical people. They don't, they don't believe like, oh man, I could still, you know, become the best version of myself. I can still become successful. Oh, I'm too old. I'm too young, right? So folks need to just take, take an opportunity on themselves, man. They need to take a shot. They need to take a shot. And that's something that a lot of people now, for some crazy reason, man, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's holding them back. I don't know if it's too much social media. I don't know if it's the news. I don't know if it's the programming. I don't know. I think but, a lot of people are waiting for the, I hear this a lot. Uh, I'm waiting for all this bullshit to calm down. Let me, <laughs> let, let me give you a fucking hint, bro. Crazy. It ain't ever going to calm down. It's right. just going to change. And if it ain't going to be this, it's going to be that. And when it's not that anymore, it's going to be this other thing. And when it's not that other thing, it's going to be that other thing. And all that stuff is always going to be going let, on. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When March hit, March 16th was COVID. Well, mm -hmm. March 16th, the president made the announcement of like, hey, you know, no more than 10 people at a, at a place or something, right? What went through your mind when COVID hit? What went through your mind? What did you, what did you say? Did you say, oh man, I might have to really slow things down? Or did you say, holy hey, you go shit. back and listen to my podcast or what I said. I fucking said, hey, motherfuckers, everybody's going to slow down. Everybody's going to yep. go in their shell. Yep. Everybody's going to hide. And guess what? The winners are going to keep winning and it's going to widen the gap. And I warned everybody at the beginning of this that this was a huge opportunity to widen the gap on everybody else. And some people did and some people didn't. I spent this entire year, every motherfucking day, getting better every day. And, and dude, that's what winners going to do. Winners going to fucking win. Everybody else going to talk about it. So the Goya is exactly what I believe in. Let me, let me yeah. tell you this. I'm in the, you know, I'm in the real estate uh, investment world, right? The first thing I did when that announcement was made is I called my private investors and these guys have been in the game for, I don't know, three decades, right? Yeah. And they've seen, a, they've seen two crashes. And I said, hey, how are you feeling about this? Because I'm feeling pretty fucking good. I said, I want to double down. You know, I want to do more marketing. I want to hire more acquisition guys. I want to flip more houses, yeah. right? And then the, uh, my, my guy, I won't say his name, but uh, he's, he's a Mormon guy. He, uh, he, I get all my private capital from him. He says, he says, you know what, Carlos? I like where your head's at. You're right. Let's double down. And sure thing, man, that separated us from the rest of the entire Southwest, like private investment firms in the country. We just started doubling down. We hired more contractors. You know, we, 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 we took out more, we spent more money on marketing hire more sales guys, started getting more, more private capital from them. And, uh, that really just, it turned everything around for us, man. Bro, we, on, we pressed a the gas. on a practical note, I mean, it's been a hell of an opportunity to build up your team too, because a lot of people are transitioning from things they were doing to new things. I mean, dude, we've got, what, what do we have? 60, 70 new employees since March. Literally told the guys this morning. And they all said, come from somewhere else, right? Fucking right. Great they, town. They, yeah. they're, good, they're good people who have come from a career path mm -hmm. that, they, and that they were unhappy with or unfulfilled with or just wanted something new. And they took it as an opportunity to get better. They were forced out of yes. that comfort zone. And fuck, dude. I mean, do, how many do we have? My, my biggest thing this morning was I, told, I was telling the guys I, I didn't build the office big enough. 
Like I was like, Dude, holy I was fuck, wait, man, I thought we were going to grow. You didn't build this thing big enough? No, no, the actual office space. Oh, no, no. We're oh, already this in the like office. A, yeah, this is like, like football yeah. fields. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to literally build another building right here next door because of we fucking underestimated the size of the fucking building. And which is That's the opposite crazy. of That's what, crazy, what yeah. we, uh, tw 24 months ago, we were shitting our pants. Like, oh my God, we're going to build this building and it's going to be like, we're going to have to have walkie talkies to talk in it. We, we have know? 200. So I expanded the auditorium from, uh, from 190 to 222. And now, now we can't, now we, we can't do shit in the auditorium because we had too many fucking people. We have to split the companies up. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, awesome. a, that's a blessing. Yeah, it's great. It's but the point is, is every single one of those new people, they made the decision. They said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be this anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't, I want to do something with purpose. I want to do something that matters. I want to do something that I'm, that I'm excited about. I want to be a part of something. Guess what? Guess who was there to scoop those amazing people up? We were. But I think there's a great lesson that's not told in that story is what did we really do? Yeah, we, we faced fear. It wasn't scared, but we had a meeting. We said, you know what? I don't give a fuck what we do. I don't care if we don't get paid for the next three months, six months, nine months. Nobody's We're, losing their job. Nobody's losing their job. Boom, We're not yeah. backing down their hours. Boom. Exactly We're going to keep everybody online. And that that loyalty piece and that conversation that spread out our spread through our culture, our guys all knew. We said, hey, you're going to work from home. Every, if you worked... 37 hours over the last 30 days, you're gonna, we're going to pay you 37 fucking hours, even though we, we, we don't know if you're going to work 10. We're going to keep you online. We don't know if you're going to work 10 for the next six months. Yeah. But we're we going to pay you every fucking week, just like, and that's what we did. I think we're one of the only companies that I know of that actually did that. I saw yeah. other people on social media firing their whole fucking company. They ran and for the fences. Ran yeah. for the fences. But here, here's the other thing, too, that, that, that I want to put out there. Uh, P.S. We're hiring. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, but I, I think that culture goes back to like when you treat people good, be intentional about what. Like it wasn't like, hey man, we got to keep these motherfuckers online. Yeah, this is our livelihood. They went out and told their friends like, hey man, like we're hiring. Yep. This is a great place to work. And guess yep. what? The best way to double your business is to fucking bring a friend. Well, hey, how about this? Um, where do people go to work at First Form? Where do they go? In a warehouse. No, I know. No, but how do they? Where, find how do you? they fucking know about? Oh, it? we have a. Um, what is it? It's work here at firstform.com. Yeah, work here at firstform.com. You have to fucking move here and you got to be willing to bust ass. But as far as I know, it's one of the only day one opportunities that you're ever going to get for a company that in 10 years, you're going to be saying that's the fucking new Nike. Okay. Mm, best and headquarters like I've been in. Huh? Best headquarters I've been in. I've been to Nike, Adidas, everywhere. Oh, so man. We're going to do it. It's bro. awesome. Yeah, we're doing it. And it's, and, and people say, you know, oh, dude, like Andy's just like huffing and puffing about it being day one. No, I'm not. Like I'm in this for the fucking game, dude. And I, I'm, it's not about me. If it was about me. I would have sold the company the fucking 10 times I've been offered to sell it. You know, uh, we're just getting started. So if you are one of these people who's around and thinking like, fuck dude, you know, I'm ready for something new. I'm ready. For, I'm ready to be a part of something from day one. If you're willing to start at the bottom and put the time in, uh, and the time that you have to put in is not that long. Um, we're hiring. So anyway, uh, dude, thank you guys so much for coming on. This thank is a you great for show. Us, thank yeah, you. Where, but real quick, where, where can people follow, follow you, David? It's at David Meltzer. I do free trainings every Friday. So just at David Meltzer, David at dmeltzer.com. And Carlos, at Carlos Reyes, um, C-A-R-L-O-S-R-E-Y-E-S -E -E at Carlos Reyes on Instagram. So that's, cool. I, I'm very, uh, 
very active there. I try to, I try to, you know, I try as much as I can oh, I to it. be responsive, you know, you're running a real business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brick and mortar. <laughs> we got yeah. jobs. Yeah, that's sure. right. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the show. Remember, uh, the fee is the fee. So if you, if you laughed, if you learned something, if it brought a new perspective, it gave you a, a new way to think, you know, make sure you talk about the show and, you know, share it with your friends uh, and make sure you give these guys a follow and support what they're doing. They're both doing really good stuff. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time.